Hey, Grace and family and guests, my name is Nate. I serve as a husband, dad, and one of the pastors alongside and under our lead pastor, Larry Riley. And we are in our second sermon in this series, How Long Will This Last? Now, just a reminder that all of our pain and suffering, wars, relational fallout, disease, famine, brokenness, depression, fear, worry, anxiety, struggle with jealousy, struggle with lust, all of that is temporary. It is, as C.S. Lewis, a philosopher, theologian, author, has said, it is a shadow of what is to come, meaning that these things are temporary. There is a place that we long for that we will eventually go to, our citizenship being in heaven, where we'll not have any of those things. And so how long will it last? Just but for a moment. And that is the truth for a Christian, the reality that awaits us. Psalm 125, if you'll turn there, Turn there in the hard copy of your uh, Bible or on your smartphone. Let's read this together. Psalm 125. If you go to the middle of the Bible and flip over to 125, let me read this for us. This is God's word to you and to me. Those who trust in the Lord are like Mount Zion, which cannot be moved but abides forever. As the mountains surround Jerusalem, so the Lord surrounds his people from this time forth and forevermore. A promise. For the serpent of wickedness shall not rest on the land allotted to the righteous, lest the righteous stretch out their hands to do wrong. Do good, O Lord, to those who do good, and to those who are upright in their hearts. But those who turn aside to their crooked ways, the Lord will lead away with evildoers. Peace be upon Israel. This is God's word to you and to me. May God bless the preaching and the hearing of it. There's a couple of truths that I want to share with you from Psalm 125, and the first is this, the reliability of our foundation that we see in verses 1 through 2, the reliability of our foundation. Psalm 125 it has an emphasis not on the instability and uncertainty of the Christian life, but on the certainty and the stability of the Christian life. Living the life of a Christian is not like walking on a tightrope without a safety net high above a breathless crowd below. David says those who trust in the Lord. The word trust is a word that means to be confident in, feel secure, and be unconcerned with the anxieties and all the uncertainties of the world. But how? David makes this point by way of geography, as he says in verses 1 through 2. He says, those who trust in the Lord are like Mount Zion, Jerusalem. It was set in the hills, and it was the safest of cities. The the mountains around it brought stability and protection, and and mountains speak forth of of strength. And Jerusalem has borders and a, a multitude of defensive walls, which speak to a physical illustration of the love and the concern and the care and the protection that God provides for His people. Why? Because we know that life outside the city gates was dangerous. Robbers, murderers, rival tribes ready to attack on a moment's notice if any weakness was detected. And so it required constant vigilance on the side of the community. And we live in that kind of world. But we need not the protection in terms of a physical sense, though I think one day that's coming, but we need protection against spiritual danger. Anxiety, discouragement, worry, hopelessness, fear, and 
even anger. And, and the psalmist tells us repeatedly, we don't need to look over our shoulders as if something's going to overtake us or be so overwhelmed with what's going to happen tomorrow or what might not happen tomorrow that we fall inadvertently or get overtaken by temptation. We need to remind ourselves that, that there is a stability and a certainty to our foundation. And as Psalm 139 verse 5 says, God is behind us and he's before us. He's behind us and he is before us. One day we'll be taken out of this world, but as Jesus prayed for you and for me, everyone who is a Christ follower, he says, Father, guard them. And I'm not asking that you take them out of the world, but that you guard them from the evil one. We need to remind ourselves of the reality, of the reliability of the foundation that we have in the Lord. Secondly, we see in verse 3 the reality of difficulties. Singing and praying Psalm 125 is one way that Christians developed confidence and put insecurity and worry and anxiety in their appropriate place. But this is not a picture of a follower of God naively whistling about all of what's going on in their life. Don't worry. Be happy. That, that's not what the psalmist is talking about. It is an honest evaluation of life confronting the anxieties and the insecurities and the worries and the fears and the hardships and the struggles and putting them in their appropriate place. So let me give you a couple application points specifically from that point, the reality of difficulties. First is this. Do not spiritually bypass the moment. Here's what I mean by that. I believe God is good and sovereign and in control and providential. He sees all things and all things come to us through his sovereign hand. And yet there are times when I'm discouraged. There are times where I'm sad. There are times, if I'm being honest, I'm a little fearful I get anxious. There are times, if I can be utterly transparent with you, where I get a little angry with some things that are going on. And oftentimes, you'll meet individuals who want to constantly talk about life in this Pollyanna perspective, that everything's good and everything's right, and that's not the case. So in the moment, particularly moments like this, in our city and in our state and in our country and our world, it is okay to say, I do not like this. I don't like not being with you. I don't like the feelings that come up in my heart when I think about the landscape of our country and the uncertainty. I get a little fearful. Don't spiritually bypass the moment. Be in the moment. In fact, oftentimes I think it's Jesus honoring to uh, be uh, angry or frustrated or sad and understand this is not the way it's supposed to be. The temptation of doubt and depression and discouragement threatens our security, and the person of faith in Psalm 125 is described as a rock-solid mountain, and nothing can move it. But if I can be honest, Graceland family and friends, sometimes I'm moved. Sometimes I'm discouraged. One moment I've got this joy, and seemingly nothing can rob and affect my disposition, and then the next moment I'm on the struggle bus. I'm discouraged. I'm frustrated. I am up and down like the weather of southern Indiana. 
difficult, unpleasant relationships and circumstances happen to us all the time. Pain comes to those that we love. Death comes seemingly early to a friend or a loved one. Loss of a job to someone who's already struggling. And like one of my kids exclaimed loudly and frustratingly, what is God doing? The psalmist is intimately familiar with this. And maybe some of you are as well. Sickness, pain, death, despair, persecution, military invasion, famine. And remember, the Bible is not written down by individuals who are anesthetized to pain and suffering. So what do we do? Do not bypass the moment. Be in the moment. Grieve. Mourn. Be sad. And it's okay to struggle. But secondly, preach truth to your heart. Preach truth to your heart. Think about the ups and downs of Israel's past. Here's some examples. One day, they're grumbling against Moses and God in the desert. The next moment, they are marching around Jericho and eventually take the city. Another moment, they're listening with rapt attention to Jesus speak of his imminent crucifixion. And the next moment, they're in the courtyard cursing and saying, I do not know this Jesus. But something that they knew, and I hope that you know, and I hope that I know, it is this. They were always God's people. You, if you are in Christ, are always part of God's people. God is slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. And we need to learn to live not by our feelings about God, but by the facts and the truths of who God is. Is Feelings are important for many things. As we are emotional beings, they're valuable, they're essential, but often they tell me next to nothing about my relationship with God. So my hope and my security do not come from my emotions, do not come from my circumstances, but by a decision to live by what I know about God. I am right now and in the future safe and secure Not because of what surrounds me, my environment, my circumstances, but by who surrounds me. God, those who trust in the Lord are like a mountain. So being a follower of Jesus is not as Eugene Peterson, an author, a theologian who passed away last year, said this. It's not based on a contract where if we break our part of the agreement or slip or sin or struggle as you do, as I do, God is somehow freed from keeping his part of the promise. But it is a promise, a covenant, which he established the conditions and he guarantees the results. Every person of faith that I know, including you watching, Matt and Amanda Frost, Joel and Mary Ellen Reagans, Pastor Larry and Elizabeth Riley, Mike and Jennifer Schoonover, particularly Mike Schoonover, Caleb Schultz and Evie Brown, they are all sinners and doubters and inconsistent performers. But stability and an unshakable confidence is not attributed to those who trust in themselves, but to those who trust in, preposition, trust in the Lord. 
not in their consistency, not in their performance, not in their morality, not in their health, not in their past, not in their giving record, not in their president, not in the economy, but those who trust in the Lord is what the psalmist says. Psalm 125 says that the Christian life is not just ups and downs and with a little bit of skill and a little bit of prayer mixed in and some good luck, we're going to make it out okay. Psalm 125 doesn't say that at all. Rather, rather, it's like sitting in the middle of Jerusalem with fortified, defensive, strong walls. This is what the language of surrounding in Psalm 125 helps us understand. Our hope is in an abiding, protected, eternal Jerusalem or heaven. And it's in a hope of a Messiah and his reign. God's promise to David about the Messiah included a dwelling place of peace. No disturbance, no violence, no conflict, no disease, no brokenness. 2 Samuel chapter 7, verses 10 through 11. But you don't get a new Jerusalem. You don't get a heaven like that without a king like Jesus. And that is what Psalm 125 is about, this rest for our souls. Mount Zion cannot be shaken because another mountain was, actually a hill to be more specific. Years after this psalm was written one Friday afternoon, you know the story, at about the ninth hour, this promised king died. Jesus died for you and he died for me. Bearing the wrath, the punishment, the penalty of sin that you deserved and that I deserved. He suffered in our place, making atonement, repairing this wrong relationship and bringing about forgiveness of our sins. And the only reason the Lord can surround his people from this time and forevermore is that he did not surround the Lord Jesus on the cross. Which is why we can ultimately understand verse 5. Look at your Bibles with me. What's it say in the latter part of verse 5? Peace be upon Israel. A more familiar way of understanding this would be to say, relax. So as I close, relax, Christ follower. Jesus is running the show. We're secure. Our struggles with depression, anxiety, uncertainty, fear of the realities of suffering and pain are not evidence of God abandoning us. There is nothing more secure and certain than the reality of Jesus who went down the road to the crucifixion, rendered the pain of suffering and hell and brokenness for the Christian to be temporary because of his, what? Triumphant resurrection. And he completed the race. And if you're a Christian, Jesus has started that work in your heart. And Jesus always, always, always finishes what he starts. So Christian, relax. Christ has you. Peace be upon you, Graceland family and guests, because of our triumphant King whose name is Jesus.